Welcome to the PR Resolution Podcast. I'm your host, Stella Bales. In this podcast series, I'll be interviewing experts in emerging areas of PR. We'll be taking those hot topics in public relations, dispelling any myths, breaking down the jargon, so you are completely clued up and ready to speak to your stakeholders by the time you reach the office. If you have any questions around the episode, please feel free to tweet me at Stella Bales. This isn't a bonus episode. I'm actually now going to be doing the podcast every two weeks. So make sure you are fully subscribed on iTunes and Spotify or however you choose to listen. This week, Love Island started. I am a fan. I'm sure many of you are too. And the meme machines have begun. Millions of memes are going to be generated and shared over the coming weeks with Love Island being such a big show in the UK and I know that it's reached the US as well. But it's not just Love Island that's in on the meme craze. I've actually heard the term meme marketing more and more and it got me wondering whether it's actually a form of marketing, if brands are using it or if it's just used for shows. So I had to find out more. So in this episode, I'm joined by Instagram royalty. Elliot Kershen and Ricky Williams are the duo behind a new style of agency. They're called Wagyu Social. Ricky and Elliot are known as royalty because they are actually the guys that are behind the growth of some of the biggest Instagram accounts, including Lad Bible. They saw that account go through millions when they were working on the Instagram account and building up the followers and the content, and also Unilad as well. Elliot in particular is known and has been called uh, many times the meme king. This is because he's the guy behind Awful Banter, which is an Instagram account that I've followed for some time and I'm sure some of you are familiar with too. These guys really know what it takes to create the thumb stopper moment, which is called on Instagram. In this interview, we cover how memes became the form of communication on social media, how memes are now entered into new platforms of media too, when meme marketing became a term, and which brands are actually doing this well. Also, we look at the huge difference in reach that this style of marketing gains in comparison to other areas. I have to say, I've learned quite a lot in this interview. This really is need to know stuff for anybody that has Instagram in their comms plans. Here's Ricky and Elliot. I'm going to break my rules straight away. I've always said on this podcast that I hate buzzwords and jargon, but I am going to say it. We live in a meme culture, don't we? I don't even know who named them memes. No, because I actually tried to work, have a look at this on Google this morning. I, I know, I, I kind of remember when the, when, the, when the name first came around and no one really knew how to say it. Is yeah, it memes? Is it memes? What's going on here? But they were around way before and they're, they're just a really effective way of... It's just information and image. Yeah. And it's just, it's so simple and it's so easy and, it, and, it, and anyone can do it. And it's, it's, not, it's not as hard as a video, but it's as, as much information as a video and you can be really creative. So in the world of, as you know, my listeners are mainly marketing teams and PR teams. Is meme marketing a thing? Meme marketing is definitely a thing and it's definitely on the up. And huge brands are putting loads of money into it. And they're doing loads of behind-the-scenes stuff that we we wouldn't even know, and more like guerrilla marketing without their name being attached to it. One of the biggest ones I saw of that recently was the um, Boo Boo Man campaign. Yes, with uh, the Why You Going Fast guy. Why you coming fast? 30, yeah. You see that video of him went viral, so they banged out a lot, a lot of T-shirts with his slogan on and stuff. And then, the, but the their campaigns for marketing it was just 
through meme pages on Instagram rather than yeah. doing anything else and it's sold out within like six hours. Yeah. Just staying with that example, were they putting that out as a brand or were they working with like influencers to seed it out? They wasn't really working with influencers, they were working with meme pages. You know, I know everyone follows those meme pages, it's Made in Poor Taste or Awful Banner, so. all, all of these all of these huge meme pages, it's just memes, memes, memes. And Boohoo were very smart in that market where they just used them more than... I don't think they actually use any publishers or any normal kind of marketing or any or any billboards or any online stuff. They just really attacked memes, memes, memes. Made three or four memes and just distributed them as yeah. far as they could on the meme pages, and it just went. Yeah, rapid and it's very and it's very simple. And it's much cheaper. You just pay. You just pay a meme, a meme page a hundred uh, pound or something. Just put it up, and you're getting nearly a million likes do you know what I mean yeah and then you just and then you just have the total impressions on that campaign was like over 6 million people from 3 or 4 images and it's actually effective because it led to to t-shirt sales so it's not just people's eyes on it it's actually lending to it's actually spend investment that's huge isn't it from taking a few photos it certainly is I actually heard we had an interview um, last week with Danny Bell who's um, a TV producer and he said that he'd heard that um, Netflix do most of their sort of online marketing through memes, mm-hmm. but they keep it on the on yeah. the download. I know that they do it um, hugely with nar- with narcos, you know narcos. Yes, yeah, so they do that hugely over over Twitter and Instagram, where they just have influencers and celebrities and meme pages just before the release, normally within the, the week of the release of the new series of Narcos, just doing all related, I'm guessing Colombian and maybe drug-related <laughs> meme content in order to, to push and promote the, the series. They use a lot of the big American pages to, to push them, uh, like Dr. Greyfang and all them. I know that they've def- they must have got paid to be doing this mm. stuff, about 100%. But yeah. It all seems so natural, like you'd be posting about it anyway, but... I think that's how like Drake does his albums now as well. Like he he always wants to become a meme with every video he makes, and then they they always just go as viral as possible. And they seem to they're, they're, that's the song that ends up number one is whatever's been the biggest meme that month. Like. So it's a slightly different. Actually, not even slightly. Coming from somebody who's worked in PR teams for brands for since I mean since I was eighteen, it's a completely different way to communicate like a message. Does it need different types of people to to come up with that kind of thing? To come up with the memes or with the, with the whole marketing? With the whole message. It's not, it's it's underlying brand marketing to the extreme, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's it's not going to be the usual the usual marketers. It's not going to be the people who have been marketing, who have been working in marketing for years. It's actually not. It's just them to, to, to think of the idea and then pass it over to someone like Elliot or someone who has been making memes and just let them run with it. You have to let them run with it because it needs to seem organic. And as soon as a brand, it looks like a brand's attached, and us as an audience completely smell it out instantly and we don't engage with it. Especially on an Instagram audience. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird because even if it is quite funny, but we, it's obvious that a brand's attached to it or is sponsored, there's something just in our, in our brain that just doesn't attach to it because we, we think someone, oh yeah, someone's been paid for this or someone's actually thought and sat down. It's not, it's not organic, it's not original, so I won't, I won't relate to it. Without revealing all of your secrets, how do you do it? I only got the job at Lab Bible because the guy who owned Lab Bible thought it was funny when he started it and he was like, you'll be all right, so I got a job like that. Can you just go back to that? So you were making memes just by yourself or for yourself? Yeah, but mo- most of the time it was just like I actually knew him personally and he came up to me at a party and I was telling him that I needed a year in industry for my uni degree. And so he was like, come do it with me, blah, blah, blah. I went and did it. And it, by the time when I started, the like, blah, 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 one million followers. And at the end of that year, we was up to about four million on all platforms. And I was like, I'm not leaving now. I'm not going back to uni. So I just dropped out. And uh, 
dived fully into audience development at Love Bible. Is it fair to say that you've developed mean marketing? Uh, I don't know about that. I think one of I think like we kind of underplay how huge the brands are because we've been on the inside. But but the start of them to now, the five years, you can see brands almost copying, yeah, completely yeah. copying their, their their markup and he almost kind of made that tone of voice. Do you know what I mean? It is the holy grail. We were talking about this just before we started recording. Uh, as I said, um, I'm from agency background and to have something covered on, I mean, it used to be BuzzFeed years ago, but like mm. on Lab Bible or Unilad, it was the holy grail for a lot, well, for certain brands anyway. When you first started at Lab Bible and you were giving your first brief that was from a brand, but you were used to just being funny just with normal memes, was that a challenge? Like, how did you relate the brand into that? To be honest, when I was at Lab Bible, I wasn't really focusing on branded content as much as when I moved up to Unilad, I started working on branded content. But when I was at Lab Bible, I would always go sit with the video editors and try and make it seem as organic as possible. I'd be like, you need to get rid of this first 10 seconds of this because everyone's not going to engage with the first 10 seconds. They're going to scroll past it and the video's going to die. Like, You need to make the first bit of the video seem as natural as possible at least to grab people's attention so that was like my first steps into branded content for instance but mainly I mainly did that when I was at Unilad and I didn't find it that hard to be honest because we've been working on internet content for so long now that it's just easy to us and it's natural I think the difficult part was I don't think it's difficult doing what you know but just relating into a branded uh, the difficult part is the brand coming in and asking us to to do what we normally do but here's a hundred other things that you need to put in and yeah. it never works so so the difficult thing is us locking heads with the brand and just kind of saying trust us remember the the Budweiser one when it was like we need to keep these people saying dilly dilly, dilly and it was dilly, like yeah. mate it's gonna be shit yeah. <laughs> oh. and but yeah but yeah but that's one example of, of many where we just lock heads with the brand and it's, it's weird because brands come to us but then we say we don't want to mention you at all it's going to be organic it's, it's going to do huge numbers it's going to be very really effective if we don't like I, I used to, I used to do all their all their junkets and all like so I used to go around and um, interview all celebs who were coming over to promote their films. And then I used to have to give my ideas to say Warner Brothers or XYZ and I would never want to mention the film. So for example, when Suicide Squad came over to, to London, so it's like Will Smith and Margot Robbie and Cara, Cara Delevingne, we just we played um, Two Truths and One Lie and never mentioned the, the, the film once. And it was the biggest video that Lab Bible has ever done, I think, yeah. The best one you did was the Kevin Hart and the Rock one as well, when the men yeah. doing I also went to, to, to America to, for Central Intelligence, I think it was, for Kevin Hart and the Rock's film. And I made them interview each other as each other. And it's it's one of the big it's one of the biggest branded pieces on Facebook ever. So on that example, and then just like the fact that you say don't mention the brand, again coming from I'm I'm, I'm the brand, yeah. <laughs> I'm the brand yeah. too. So like how what is the best way for and also that that boohoo example that you said <coughs> right at the beginning, what is the best way for them to link that up? So you get the you get a meme that goes out, three million people mm. see it. How explicit should the brand be that they are linked to that for it to still be authentic? Almost as, as less as possible. Um, a simple thing as, a, as an engaging meme or video, but with a click through or a swipe up or with a top comment link 
it's so effective and and the numbers that that, that stuff d- does rather than someone saying hi I'm here sending a t-shirt hi you should go watch my film you're gonna scroll scroll through it so quick we call it thumb stoppers when you're on your phone and you're and you're scrolling through your Facebook what is making your thumb stop on something yeah. do you know what I mean and it's not gonna be an advert for something it's not gonna be someone promoting something it's gonna be it's gonna be oh, what's the thumbnail what's what's the what's the title how funny is it. Yeah. That's a good example of that is when the Badger Ales thing we did for Unilad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky did the creative for it and we basically just created um, the ultimate man shed, weren't mm-hmm. it, with like in a back garden. And Badger Ales wanted to be involved in it, so it's one bit it a beer out. So it's just a mm-hmm. sort of bit way of getting the brand in, but it didn't. the entire video wasn't that. And that's got over 100 million organic views. But then now there's also tools that Facebook have, have kind of devised from that. Where like I've done a campaign with River Island where we where we wrote loads of sketches, just funny sketches, um, and then you can have click throughs to what to what the people are wearing within it. So it can be very direct now without even mentioning or doing anything to the brand. So 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 I think the, the I think the software is now really helping helping what we do. Yeah, Instagram that now, isn't it? Yeah, so in, yeah, Instagram does that now also actually. This podcast is brought to you by Coverage Book, the reporting tool that's made by PR people for PR people. Head to coveragebook.com for your free trial. We were talking when the interview that I did with Danny Bell last week, he um, revealed, um, I think it was actually off air, so it's a bit naughty of me mentioning, but he um, he revealed like some of the viewing figures that some of the channel, like mainstream TV get now, yeah. um, especially like on Sky and digital, and it's tiny. Yeah. And, and you think that some of the budgets that, people, that brands are still putting into that and the audience is so small. So if you think about product placement there versus something like this, it's just, it's crazy. When, when I was at Unilad, I used to get all the Channel 4 execs, all the all the ITV execs um, coming over and asking me questions. And I'm just like, in awe of these people who have been working for like 30 years, but they're just like, shit's changing, do you know what I mean? And they're, and they're coming in for meetings with us and it was, it was really eye-opening actually, yeah. Going back to something you said earlier about um, when you work with a brand and it's just like that first 10 seconds of a video, for example, is so important. Thinking about like the Instagram audience, what is it that needs to be in that 10 seconds that make it engaging or not engaging? The best part of the video, I'd put as the first three to five seconds, and then I'd go over to the start, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, so, whatever the, so whatever the funniest piece of the video is, even if it's in the middle of the video, I'll chop out the, those three seconds, and that would be the very, very start. And then, and then you go to the title card, and then you go to the video. So you just need to capture, because we have the smallest, smallest, um, spans of, of concentration on, on Instagram, on, on, on any social media, really. And it's fair because there's so much good stuff on it as well. So if, if we're not caught within three seconds, we're completely gone and we're never coming back. So you really, it's really difficult to catch people, yeah. Yeah. So you guys uh, mentioned that you've just started your own thing recently. Yeah. So you're not with Unilad anymore or Lab Bible, mm-hmm. you're starting your own thing. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that? When did it start? started a few months back now um, but we've just recently properly launched like we had a lot a few people approach us to work with us so we was uh, whilst we were still at Unilad just just taking over the edge we was like we didn't want to just go into work for someone else again because we, we've, we've done it for long enough now I feel so so you didn't want to work for another publisher or platform you want to just... yeah yeah we wanted to work for ourselves and with other brands and stuff like that so we started our own company it's called Wagyu Social and uh, we do video production, creative responses, and social media management. And so does that mean you are just doing the content creation or do you speak to some of these influencers on Instagram on behalf of your clients as well? 
With the influencer stuff, yeah, I, uh, we do speak to them. Uh, I speak to them quite directly because I've been involved on the Instagram underground scene for a while now. I've got a lot of uh, friends with big Instagram pages. I've got a page with like over 200,000 followers. So I've been in there for a while. Are you happy to mention which profile that is? My page, I've got a page called Awful Banter. Um, influencer marketing, yeah, we can we can do that because of our uh, unique relationship within the, the, the Instagram scene. Do PRs on behalf of brands get in touch with you? Do they pitch to you like through DMs? It tends to be a middleman, and I always know that they're making what they're yeah. making on top of it. So they'll be like, "Will you do this for fifty quid?" And you're like, "No, I will not. I I work in the industry. I'm not a teenager with uh, with a big Instagram yeah. page. Like they will get people who will give them uh, what they want for fifty quid. So it's one of them. Like so, the meme sort of experts that you know are they? Do you know them in person? Are they just funny people? Do you just have to be a really funny person? So it's just weird that I'm asking you because you are doing this, but is that sort of the magic behind it? I know some guys who are just like robotic. They just scour the internet all day and mm. find funny stuff to curate, but and but they don't actually create stuff themselves. Oh. So they're like curators and quick as well because there's stuff that that happens like say when the football's on or when Love Island's on and you, you want to be the first. Yeah, yeah, you want to yeah, be the yeah, first yeah. person. Love Island's huge. Yeah. We've we got two weeks till that, that starts. The memes have started yeah, the memes already. already yeah. Yeah. But that whole activation while it's on is just hu it's huge. It's huge, yeah. And it, whatever's going on, if it's football... Well, like it's, when Theresa May quit last week, the memes mm -hmm. was out within yeah. minutes. Yeah. It was like yeah. an, if, an hour later, then it's, it's dead already. Yeah. That sort of thing. So, yeah. yeah. That's actually quite um, an interesting point for, again, coming from the PR's perspective, um, again, me working in an agency, having a client, then having different levels of clients that need to sign things mm. off. I know that it's got better in the last couple of years. Like when I was doing it a few years ago, we had to wait like a few days to get yeah. something signed off. Like I know it's a lot better now because yeah. brands realise how important social is. But I mean, it's got to be the decision maker, right? That's speaking to you or coming up with that idea. Yeah, it's just about trust and and. It's, it's easy for me to say, oh yeah, the brands just need to trust us. It's obviously quite ridiculous because they need to back themselves and they need to make sure that whatever is representing them online is okay. <laughs> and as you know, some memes can be more than risky. So it makes sense. But yeah, there, there does need to be some, some speed to it. And there just needs to be just, I guess, one, one layer of sign-off rather than seven. Yeah. I noticed something this morning um, in the news. Uh, the New York Times have used a meme as their lead image on the business pages of their like business supplement, and it's to explain like a buyout between two car brands. But it's it's a, it's a finance story. Now that really surprised me that they'd used a meme for that because it's not a normal audience. What's, what's your thoughts? Are you surprised? Uh, it's a little surprising because of. It's, it's, it's just always weird to see a, a meme printed out on paper for yeah. one uh, but if you actually look at the picture it's like that's about four paragraphs worth of uh, text yeah. that is explained in two seconds just yeah. like that for, those, for listeners um, recommend you google it but there's literally four words on the image other than the, the fact that it says New York Times business at the top it's just time saving isn't it <laughs> So I, I explained it to you. You knew which image it was just by me explaining it. Is that an image that's used a lot in me? Uh, yeah. They've actually just recently found in three people and what they look like now because this picture's from like 15 years ago, I think. So like it's a stock image from about 15 years ago and they found them again. <laughs> They're now famous yeah, yeah. and on the front cover of New York yeah, Times. Like people who become memes in the, a few years always become famous. like Or like people... 
they'll, they'll go find them and see what they look like now and yeah. stuff. It happened with um, Harold, didn't it? Mm-hmm. This guy, uh, Hide the Pain Harold, was a meme like ages ago. And um, Dugout did a video with him. I don't think they exist anymore as a company, but when they yeah. were as a company, they made this video, took him to see a Man City match, but it went massive all over the internet. It was all over Reddit, it was all over Twitter. Was, yeah, it was huge. Ricky, you've worked from sort of like brand video content and more into this area. You've always just been, Elliot, you've always just been like memes, that's it. I'm from a PR background where we learn how to communicate in certain ways. Do you think that this should be something that's taught to marketers or not? I'll say yeah, because it is is a part of of our of our culture now so so therefore part whatever's part of the culture is a, a tool of marketing and promoting so yeah i do think it, maybe we're gonna have some in-house uh meme makers in it in every brand in every brand in one day who knows but um it's definitely a new tool and a very effective tool and a very cheap tool of effective marketing yeah definitely Elliot, do you ever get, is it frowned upon or supported in the, in the meme world to work with brands? It's one of them, it just happens. Everyone knows that you've got to make money from it. Like, you can't just make memes for free all, all, all day, every day. Like, I don't know. There is a consensus of not selling out, though. Yeah, I think, I think when, when people's pages are clearly organic and it's just someone who's really funny and on the ball and really quick and then you can start to see that every post is paid for, branded... Um, then, then they lose their audience. So I think people almost have rules where they say, okay, I'll have one paid or promoted post and then five original and then yeah. one. And do you know what I mean? And just yeah. just like slyly almost just slip it in. Yeah, it's definitely that. You, if you over-promote on your page, it's going to hemorrhage your followers. Mm. Like, it's going to lose so many followers. So it's, it's always, you got to just balance it and make sure you're doing the audi- the, what your audience actually want. Again, put my um, PR team hat on. If I came to work with you guys and we developed a meme that worked really, really well, what does success look like? What What could I expect? And what And what? How do you tell me whether it's been successful or not? You, you know, a meme is successful, right? When pages that haven't been paid to post it start mm-hmm. nicking it because it's that funny. That's what you want. You want people to organically be sharing it. And when people start tagging their mates in it, like that's when you know it's actually successful. Because otherwise, if it's just got a lot of likes, you can fake that. Like, yeah, people needs, do that. It needs, it needs to really do do the rounds. It needs to it needs to go into WhatsApp groups. It needs to it needs to go on pages that are not even involved in the activation. You need to see in the comments just loads of tell tag names and stuff like that. And that's when you know, yeah. Um, I noticed recently that Instagram apparently are testing um, the removal of likes. Um, and just having comments. I don't know if it's actually going to be rolled out, but they were testing it. Do you think that will change um, what's popular and what's not uh, on Instagram? I think it'll affect the, the type of content people create. I could create a piece of content that's, that's there to get likes, and I can create a piece of content that's there to get comments. comments like you, yeah. you, you, you bait what you want out of the audience. Like so, I do feel like if they did that, then the, the type of content that they create will, will definitely change. I, I, do, I do feel likes breed likes, though. I think if you see something that has a lot of likes, you, you, you may be more susceptible, um, susceptible to just like, like it without Even thinking, yeah. yeah so it, might, it may change that, yeah. It'd be good just to find out which examples of brands that have just, it doesn't even just have to be memes, but just on Instagram generally that are doing Instagram really, really well. Um, And whether it's ones that you've worked on or ones that you've seen recently. I think people like Joe Media, who's like a sports brand, do social really well. 
and Paddy Power. Paddy Power, the, the betting. Paddy Power, the Paddy yeah. Power, Power is like a betting brand and their tone of voice and how quick they are and how in tune they are with the audiences and how risky they are is brilliant. It's perfect for their audience yeah. as well. Uh, I was just trying to find the name of this company. Uh, I've just seen T-Pain's been working with this company for a while and it's, it's called BarkBox in America and they've got over, they've got 1.5 million followers and it's basically just like a subscription thing and you get dog food sent to your house, but their, their Instagram is sick. You get what so, dog food. Oh, nice. So, but their Instagram's just full of funny dog content yeah. and it's just bangs. And they get so many likes, so much engagement and obviously they must be making a shitload of money if they're getting yeah. T-Pain and people like that. <laughs> yeah. Everyone loves dog content. All right, thank you so much. Um, just as a, a quick sort of direction for people who are listening, if they want to work with you, um, how do they get in touch? How do they find you? Uh, yeah, go on to wagusocial.co.uk, W-A-G-Y-U, social, and whatever you need, full board, uh, social media, m- uh, marketing, managing, production, full board, we're your guys. Wicked. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. This is the PR Resolution Podcast. Keep in touch by following me on Twitter, at Stella Bales. For more reading on PR, head to blog.coveragebook.com. Don't forget to tune in to the next episode and make sure you subscribe to the series on iTunes now. See you there.